Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It was a big weekend around the National Basketball Association. Of course, All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City, Utah. And the perfect guest to talk about that, one Tony Jones of The Athletic. He's their, the Utah Jazz writer for The Athletic, as well as the NBA at large. And... Akron born. So a lot of perspective we can get from Tony. And Tony, thanks for uh, joining me. John McCarry with you here on 92.3 The Fan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I And we don't know each other uh, before this, obviously. Just reached out to you because I was, you know, looking for, I think, both perspectives of, uh, again, Cleveland and Utah. So I want to start, of course, with who I thought was going to be the man of the hour last night. I honestly thought uh, the most valuable player was going to be Mitchell just based on, hey, storyline-wise, and I knew that unlike maybe most of or at least some of the players last night, there wasn't that competitive drive. Mitchell wanted to go out there and put on a performance at his former spot. So uh, I want to know from you, what's been the reaction in Utah to Mitchell's first year here in Cleveland, which has been, by all accounts, at this point, maybe the best of his career? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think it's been supportive. I think that's the the word that that you know I would probably use. You know, I think that you know Jazz fans have um, you know really made their peace with you know the fact that Mitchell is is playing really well in Cleveland. Um, I think Larry Markinen has a lot to do with that because you know Larry, you know coming in and playing as well as he has for Utah, I think that that's really softened things. Um, for for jazz fans, and they can look at it as a lot more of a, a, a win-win um, trade and a win-win situation. Um, you know, there's some there are some hard feelings, uh, especially um, you know from jazz fans who um, have wanted Mitchell to play defense for years, and 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 <laughs> you know they're looking at they're looking at Mitchell in Cleveland. You know, and he's sliding his feet, and he's locking up, and and um, he's basically giving a rip defensively. So, um, you know, there's some hard feelings there, but um, overall, you know, I, you know, I think the supportive is probably the best adjective to use there. I, I want to touch on what you touched on at the end there about the the defensive end of it. I I feel because I didn't think when Mitchell first got here that he was going to have the immediate success and impact that he's had. I knew he was going to be a great player. He's been a great player, but the locker room's his. He's the team leader. He's the number one option. This is his team. It happens so seamless, but towards the end in Utah there, 
it, he just, I don't think, took that role. And obviously there was, there was locker room controversy and this and that. But what is behind the instant success here? Do you have any theories with that? Well, I, you know, I, I, I kind of pride myself on, you know, knowing Donovan as, as well or better as, you know, any media guy or, or you know, woman um, out there. And I, I could have told you before the season that Donovan was going to have a good year because he's a very competitive person with himself and he's very self-critical. And he did not play well last year. And he did not, you know, he got cooked in the playoffs by Jalen Brunson. Um, he did not play well in the playoffs against Dallas. So it, it didn't matter where he was playing this year, um, whether it was Cleveland, whether uh, it was back in Utah, if the Jazz have held on to him. Um, my thought coming into the season was he was going to have a really good season because um, he just did not play well to his standards um last year um that being said you know in terms of you know him being a locker room presence you know you got to look at the the dynamics you know he came from a really veteran locker room um you know that had mike conley you know obviously rudy gobert um but you know a little bit more importantly joe ingles um george niang you know he he came from you know, one of the most veteran locker rooms in the league. And he came from a team where he was still the youngest core piece on the team um, to, to go into a team where he was arguably the oldest core piece on the team. And, you know, he's, he's a dominant personality in terms of, um, you know, when he's on the floor, he's going to be aggressive uh, kind of no matter, you know, who's playing with him. Um, but he's also, you know, a guy that, that was going to be aggressive in the locker room as well. So I wasn't surprised at, at, at either of those those two um, developments in terms of, you know, how he developed um, with the Cavaliers on the floor and how he developed with the Cavaliers off the floor as well. John Vicari here on 92.3 The Fan. Our guest, Tony Jones of The Athletic Jazz and NBA writer and all guests appear on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So you just touched on all of what has been great about Donovan Mitchell. Utah obviously had to make a trade for him and, and got a nice return back, marking it an all-star. The locker room, in your words, imploded last year, right? How is Utah adjusted? I know they're not in a playoff spot right now, but they're not bottom of the barrel in the Western Conference either. How has that adjustment been this year, and who's really taking the reins in Utah? Well, it's it's been you know, more of a refreshing uh, season for sure. Um, you know, from, for, you know, just from a writer's perspective, uh, the Jazz were a difficult team to cover last year, um, you know, just because there, there was a lot of, you know, impending kind of doom and gloom. Like, you know, everybody knew that the run was over. Um, you know, everybody knew that there were major changes coming. Um you know, in terms of uh, at the top of of, of the core. Um, but nobody knew, you know, okay, is Mitchell going to go? Is Gobert going to go? You know, what's going to happen to, you know, the rest of the starters? Nobody quite knew at this point, you know, exactly what was going to happen, but everybody knew that something was, was going to happen. So, you know, I thought that 
Um, you know, the the locker room absolutely imploded last year um, for the Jazz, and you know, kind of that era, the the Gobert and, and Mitchell era. You know, it just kind of came to an end, and and people kind of knew that it came to an end. So, you know, this year, you know, I think that you know there was there's been a lot more refreshing. The Jazz are 29 and 31. Uh, if you ask me if they're going to make the playoffs, I'm going to probably tell you no. Um, you know, I don't even think that they're going to make the play in uh, at this point. But it's been a, a lot more of a refreshing team. You know, in terms of the effort that's been put forth from night to night, in terms of you know uh, the watch, of, you know the watchability uh, of the team, and you know just um, knowing where the team is at in terms of um, you know where it is in terms of um, rebuilding and and where it is in terms of of a group. So you know it'll be interesting to see you know in year two or year three and year four is you know, expectations ramp up once again um, where where the team and where the locker room is. But, you know, this year with no expectations uh, whatsoever, it's been a little bit more refreshing. I would think, yeah. And the West has been definitely, I, I would say, surprising for at least who's on top of it. And it's just, you know, <laughs> the wild, wild West pretty much out there uh, where the East, I feel a little more predictable of course, both of them mashed up this weekend at the All-Star Game. Don't know if it was your first All-Star Game covering it or not, but obviously where you have the beat in Utah. What was the coolest part about this weekend? I think the NBA overall did a great job. I, I've talked on the show today just about the competitiveness about the All-Star Game, but overall I thought the presentation was enjoyable. Your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, the the presentation is always enjoyable. I think, you know, the best part of the weekend you know, the ambiance of it all. Um, you know, there's there's a certain ambiance about All-Star Weekend that, that's, that's kind of hard to beat. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, so many um, uh, legends and celebrities uh, that are in town and, and there's so many activities uh, to partake, partake in. So, you know, I think that that part of it is hard to beat. Um, I had a real problem with, uh, the competitiveness or the lack of competitiveness um, of the actual game. Um, I thought that, you know, in terms of that, the league did not put his best foot forward. Um, and I think that guys, you know, need to start taking a little bit more pride um, in the product, um, you know, in terms of, you know, putting on a, a show for um, the fans and in, in the actual game, but actually, being just a little bit more competitive. Nobody's asking, you know, people to sit down and get stops on every single possession, you know, <laughs> but just, you know, be a little bit more competitive uh, than it was, than it was last night. But, you know, overall, you know, I thought that, um, you know, just looking at, I think the best thing for me was looking at all of the first time guys and, and, and seeing how happy, uh, those guys were to be there and, you know, seeing professional athletes, you know, have some real, you know, legitimate, actual joy, um, you know, some of the stuff that they're doing. I thought that that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. And, and I, I'm in lockstep with you regarding the, the actual game. I'm, I'm trying to put out like ways to fix it, but I think you touched on it. It, it comes down to the players. It comes down to the, the players caring because you can change the format and they already have, but the players' participation is what matters. It's a player-driven league. 
Regarding that, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds here because it's some off-the-court stuff, but uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone in attendance last night. Malone was honored alongside Kareem and now the all-time leading scorer, LeBron James. And I think, for the most part, got a pretty nice reception in Utah. Again, I don't want to get into the weeds or your thoughts on it unless you want to provide them, but how is John Stockton and Carl Malone regarded? Like, what's the perception in Utah about them? Do they just sort of ignore or feel indifferent about the off-the-court stuff and just look at them as players and their impact in Utah basketball history? Yeah, I think they're a little bit Teflon. Um, you know, just because, um, you know, of the history they've provided uh, the Jazz um, for so long. And, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of the controversial stuff um, and then, and you know, Malone's, uh, in, in Malone's case, you know, the downright bad stuff, um, you know, a lot of that stuff came to light either either late in their careers or, or you know, after their careers. And, you know, I look at, you know, I personally look at Stockton differently than I look at Malone. I just look at Stockton as, you know, um, you know, somebody who's full of conspiracy theories. And um, but I look at Malone as, as as a bad human being, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I've looked at Malone as a bad human being, um, you know, personally, you know, way before, you know, some of the other stuff, uh, came out. So, you know, I, it's, you know, I, I, you know, personally, I'm a person that was, was, was born to a 14 year old mother. Um, so, you know, that, um, you know, that side of of things with with Carl Malone is something that I can't reconcile, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll never be able to reconcile um, with. So you know, I, I'm just personally, I'm not a Malone person at all. So I, you know, really wish that um, he wasn't a part of um, the festivities. Uh, you know, over the weekends, uh, you know, I just you know, just kind of wish that, um, you know, he, you know, just kind of retire and just kind of go away. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, how Utah jazz fans look at Malone and look at Stockton, you know, yeah, I think that they're kind of, I think that, you know, they're kind of Teflon in those, uh, those eyes. There are a lot of uh, people, you know, in their thirties, forties, fifties, uh, in, in, you know, that, you know, those guys were, uh, those two guys were their childhood heroes. So, you know, I, I think that obviously the reception, um, you know, will reflect that. And I thought that Malone got, you know, a nice reception from jazz fans, um, you know, but, you know, some of the stuff off the floor, you know, it just kind of is what it is. So, you know, you kind of, you know, as a journalist, you kind you got to, you know, kind of put your, your your personal feelings aside, but you know, uh, I think that you know, for me, there was a lot of there were a lot of mixed feelings for me here. Hundred percent understandable. Tony Jones of the Athletic joining us. Uh, Tony, thank you so much, man. Uh, great insight as well. And I, I know that last question not the easiest to answer, but I appreciate you bringing it. Hundred percent. Enjoy your work in the Athletic as well, and uh, thanks for hopping on. No problem. Thank you for having me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.